welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Say this with me. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship, created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way. Come on, are y'all ready for that? Lift up your hands. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Are y'all ready? Come on, are you ready? God's about to take you up. Let me jump into this uh, supernatural power. Our, our key scripture for the year is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able, everybody say God is able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But then there's this, this interesting thing. God's able to do it. It it, will exceed what we ask or think. It's, it's more abundantly above all we could ask or think but it's according or in harmony with the power that works within us. So how I see God determines what I get. How I see God determines the God I get. If I look at God through a prism of doubt, through unbelief, then guess what? God can't be fully God in my life. If I see God as God, and this is what he's saying, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think, but it's according to the power that works within us. Now, the Amplified Bible says it a little bit different. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, he's able to do it. He's beyond our prayers, beyond our hopes, beyond our dreams, but then there's that according piece again. There's, it's accordion. It's where we get the word accordion from. It's like in harmony with his power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. So here's the supernatural thought for this message. When we align our heart with God's heart, he infuses our power with his superpower with his superpower. And uh, so let's, 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 let's look at a story in the Bible, Matthew 25. Very familiar passage of scripture, but I wanna highlight a few things to you and hopefully it'll speak to you this morning. For the kingdom of heaven is like, okay, stop right there. So, so Jesus is trying to teach us about the kingdom and he's trying to tell us what it's like. It'd be like if you're married trying to tell somebody what marriage is like. It'd be like, okay, I want to own a business. And you find somebody that owns a business and say, you say, tell me what it's like. Well, owning a business is like, being married is like going to hell. Uh, being, oh, wait, what, what'd I say? Anyway, so you see, watch this now. Based on your experience is what something is like. So here's Jesus, God's son. And he's saying, hey, by the way, the kingdom is like this. So really listen, this is Jesus telling us what the kingdom is like. Oh, by the way, how important is the kingdom? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first, watch this, not my presence. Don't seek me first. Don't seek your way or your will or what you want first. But this is Jesus. Seek first the kingdom. Wow, really? Yeah, because... Again, you can seek God first, but if you don't know how the kingdom works, then guess what? God can be God, but his kingdom won't work in your life. So he says, seek first. And let me just add some stuff to understand how the kingdom works. Now, again, Tad's here. Tad is a prolific. I've never met anybody that's more in tune and in touch with his body and knows more about the anatomy and physiology, maybe except his wife. I mean, she's, she's a doctor. So like she knows like a lot of stuff and I mean, he, he knows stuff. And I, I, until I met him, like I never knew somebody that knew so much about their body and what their body would respond to and what their body wouldn't respond to. 
And when I think about that, like, like when I saw him, he was just this mountain of a guy. Well, somebody could see him in a gym and go, hey, uh, like how does this, like I want to look like you. Okay, I, like I want to look like you. I want to I be healthy. And so, so he could say, well, 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 here's what it's like. Like here's what you got to do. And, and if they were really asking him for his expertise based on the outward manifestation and the inward knowledge that he has, and yet they said, and he, and he took his time to tell him like Jesus has done for us in his word, and we just go, mm, yeah, I want that, but I'm not gonna do it that way, Ted. That's how a lot of people are with God. It's like they can't cross over. Your belief system is the most important thing about you. I love what Henry Ford said. He said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Why? Because it's your belief system. So oftentimes it's our belief system that, that we have to get past. So Jesus is going, listen, the kingdom of heaven is like, and why would he, why would he say this? Why would he say the kingdom of, of heaven is like? Because you've got to have an analogy in your mind that this is what it's like. Hey, if somebody were to ask you, what's it like to be you? Well, uh, let's see, how can I describe it? What's it like to be married? What's it like to, in other words, what's, what's it like to be rich? Oh, you want your family to hate you? Be the richest one in your family. That's what some people with money would tell you. Oh, oh you want to be, oh, you want to have money? Yeah, I'd love to have money. Well, you're going to have to face a level of hate that, and jealousy and envy that you've never had before. So people that have money, would, that would be one of the things, I promise you, that they would roll into it. They, they would tell you all the good things. I'm able to bless people. I'm able to take care of blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is, if, if, you, want to be, if you want to be rich, and hey, what's, what's it like being rich? Well, here's what it's like being rich. Whatever it is. So Jesus has said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means his way of doing things, and then all these other things will be added unto you. So, so again, he's saying, so the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this man. He was traveling to a far country, like God coming from heaven to earth. And he called his servants and he delivered goods to them. How many of you know every good thing you have is from God? Every breath that you have, the clothes that you're wearing are made from stuff from the earth. The car you drove is made from minerals of the earth. Everything, the trees that you passed today, God made those trees for you. The sun that rose today, God said, I created that for you. And yet people don't even acknowledge God because, well, that's just the way, they just think that's the way it is. No, that's the kingdom. So he's saying, this man comes from a country, he comes from a faraway place, he tells his servants, he delivers goods to them, and to one he gives five talents, to another two, to another one. Now this is what's interesting. Why is he playing favorites? Why is he giving one more than the other? Well, here's what the Bible says. To each according to their ability. So one gets five, one gets two, one gets one. By the way, one of the first things you got to get past is that's not fair. And life will hit you and situations will hit you and things that unfair will hit you and it will happen. And you can blame that on God. You can say, well, if God was really God, he would, no, 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 no. This is the way the kingdom of God works. The way the kingdom of God works is the good things are from God in an evil world. Okay, the good things are he gave one five talents, he gave one two talents, and he gave one one talent. And so the one who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But the one that received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Hey, whose money was it? Whose money is your money? It's kind of hard to say it. Well, the Lord's, my, no, his. It's like we know that theoretically every breath that we breathe, every breath I breathe, God has given me. Every day that I get to live on this side of eternity, God has given to me. Every bit of money that I have, the Bible says he's given me the power to get wealth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God created the earth to be a dwelling place for man, but he created man to be a dwelling place for God. So, so, he took what he got, the good stuff, and he thought, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide this so nothing happens to it. Seems like a wise thing. So he who had received five talents came and brought the other five talents to the Lord. 
and said, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Everybody lift up both hands in the air right now. I'm gonna make you ruler over many. Come on, just receive that. In, in other words, hey, hey, what, what's a little bit to you? What's a lot to you and what's a little bit to you? Only you can define that. What's a, if you think, this, this is talking about in the context talents of money. We'll, we'll show you how the Bible shows that he's talking about money. Notice he gave him, he gave him talents. He gave him money. Well, I took this, and by the way, who did he bring it back to? He brought it back to the Lord. Didn't go, hey, I doubled this and went and bought me a house. No, nothing wrong with buying you a house. Hey, I, I went and I got, got, got all my stuff. I made sure that I took care of my four and no more. I got all I could and canned all I get and set on the canned. But hey, God, look, here's what I did. You gave this to me. Now I've doubled it. I've, I brought it back to you. The two, likewise, had gained two more, but the one that received, he dug in the ground and so here's what both the guy that got five and the guy that got two, they brought it back doubled and the Lord said, well done. You're a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little, so I'm gonna make you ruler over much. Now listen very carefully. Some people think faithfulness is never making a mistake. Being faithful in your marriage, being faithful in your job. Now let me tell you what faithfulness is. The Bible says a good man, not a bad man, but a good man falls seven times. But watch this. What makes him good is he gets back up. See, see, what makes you good, listen now, what makes you good is not that you did more good than you did bad. What makes you good is you didn't stay down. Get up. That's what makes you good. That's what makes you like God. You're not good because you sin less than everybody. Again, I give this analogy all the time, but, but I can be standing on the coast of California and I can say to you, listen, I'm better than you. I'm faster swimmer than you. And I'm gonna prove it to you. We're both gonna swim to Hawaii. So on the count of three, I'm gonna prove, I'm gonna show you that I'm better than you. And we both jump in the water and I might be a hundred yards ahead of you yelling at you going, hey man, I am beating you. I told you I was better than you. And all of a sudden the shark gets me first. But the fact is, whether the sharks get me or not, neither one of us are gonna make it to Hawaii. So it's never about being better than somebody else or being good for good's sake. God says faithfulness is not that you don't ever mess up, but that you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And then watch this, he will lift you up. He gives us the power to get up. So, God's looking for people that get back up. The one who'd received one talent said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. What? Who told you that? Do you know that your perspective about people, places, and things? I posted this on Instagram recently. We don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. Your marriage is not the way it is. Your marriage is the way you see it. Everything in your life, your boss is not the way they are. See, here's what we do. We say they're like that. By the way, black people, lean in. You know what the tendency of white people is? Same tendency you have. That's the way black people are. And black people say, that's the way white people are. You know why? Because this is the devil's game. You know what his game is? Is to get you thinking it's the way it is. And they're the way they are. And watch this, because the enemy knows. Here's what the enemy knows. If you'll start thinking like that, You won't ever do what you were put on the earth to do. By the way, what were you put on the earth to do? Let me just tell you. Let's go back all the way to Genesis, the first chapter. God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let's supernaturally endow them. In other words, that's what likeness means. Let's don't just create man to image us, but let's supernaturally endow him so that he is like a little God, little G on the earth. You know that you're like a little God in the earth. If you're God's son and you're God's daughter and he's God, you're like a little God. I know that sounds heretical, but it's not. We're sons and daughters of the most high God. And he said, so then he said, and I don't have time to go into all this, 
But, but then he, he, he made male and female. And again, I'm just going to remind you, men, listen to me. It's God that said it is not good for that boy to be alone. It is not good for a man to be alone. So I'm going to give him a helpmate. That's what God calls a woman, a helpmate. Help the brother. Help the boy. Help the man become a man. Help the man see himself through your eyes when he can't see himself through my eyes. So when God created that, and that's, that's the beauty of what every woman brings to a man. She brings the significance of God as she speaks into the spirit of who he is. Because here's the magic. The magic is, it's not good for man to be alone. Man falls into a deep sleep. He's asleep. This is how we know God is a male, because he had a baby while he was asleep. <laughs> That's why I'd do it if I was God, buddy. Like, hey, man, you're going to have the first baby. And by the way, you're not going to have to nurse it. You're not going to change his diaper. She is going to be full grown. I just love that. Anyway, so, so man falls asleep. God calls him to fall into a deep sleep. God, now watch this. God takes not just the rib, but listen to me. God takes the best part of man out of man. And when he wakes up, he goes, whoa, man. Yeah, that's her name. Whoa, man. And then here's what God wants you to understand. This is where honor starts. Honor her as if you're honoring the best part of you because indeed I took the best part of man out of man. You called it, whoa, man. And when you look at a woman, honor her like she's the best part of you. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. But oftentimes men don't get that because they don't understand. How's she gonna help you? She's gonna help you not just sexually, not just with a family, not just with chores. She's going to help you see the best part of you if she's a woman of God because she is the best part of you that God pulled out of you to help you see the best part of you every time you look at her. That's what I know. That's what I know. How many of you men, and I, I mean, in fact, before I ask you the question, every man, just raise your hand. We're going to go, we're going to do what we do. Just go ahead and raise your hand, every man. How many of you men know that the woman in your life is the best part of you? See, their hands were already raised. Isn't that amazing? The guys that didn't raise your hand, she will break your arm off later. But... Now listen, I want you to see this. The one that received one, he had a paradigm problem. He had a way that he sees things problem. He had a way that he saw the master problem. It's a picture of us who have a problem in the way that we see God. And here's what he said. I knew that you reap where I've not sown, you gather where I've not scattered seed. What does that mean? You don't need my money because you reap where I haven't sown. You gather where I haven't. You don't, you don't, you don't other, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Jesus is saying this is how the kingdom of God is. God doesn't need your stuff. He doesn't need your money. He wants your honor. But I, I knew you were this way. Like you didn't need me to, you don't need me to multiply. You don't need me to be fruitful because you reap where you haven't sown. You gather where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your money in the ground. And, 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 and with a smile on his face, and I want you to know I didn't lose it. You know that some people play not to lose? I said, some people play not to lose. That needs to speak to some of you that are here. You're playing your marriage not to lose. You're playing your business not to lose. You're playing your life not to lose. He was playing not to lose. Mark Dean had a fatherly talk with Real Talk Kim. I don't think she'd mind me saying this because she's as real as I am. And I looked at her and I said, listen, you're going, you're hammered down. Like her schedule is top to bottom. I said, you need to create some margin for your life. She goes, oh yeah, probably because I'm going to burn out. I said, no, 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 I'm not talking about burning out. I'm talking about you need to create some margin for you and your husband. They're pastors. She's traveling all the time, sometimes 10 events in a month. So I said, I'm going to speak to you like a father. She goes, please do. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I said, here's what I told her. I said, you need to create some margin and you need to take some time off. 
Now, Mark is great at taking time off. I have never known anybody that likes time off like Mark. Mark, Mark, is, Mark is the pastor of time off. Mark is living his dream with Debbie. They're just taking time off right now forever, forever when God calls him to get back time on. But anyway, he is great at this. That's why I'm talking to him. So, so Mark, you'll get what I'm saying here because you know how important it is. That's why you look so freaking young. You got this young look. I was in San Diego Airport last week. You know what I told Josh? I said, you know what I love about this place? This is where I met Mark and Debbie Bloom. Before I ever knew you from a distance, y'all were waiting. Y'all remember y'all were going on a missions trip. Josh goes, that's Mark and Debbie Bloom. I saw Mark go. Ha! 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 It was awesome. I, I told Josh, I said, this is my, one of my favorite places. I got to meet them right here. Anyway, it's beautiful. So anyway, it's true. So... So, Mark, you know what she said back to me? Everybody listen to what I'm about to tell you. She said, well, I'm just trying to do it while the iron's hot. Let me tell you a different way she said it. I'm playing not to lose. You see, some of us, we live our life because we think the good is going to go away. I want to remind you that it is the Father's good pleasure to give his children the kingdom, and he will do it perpetually and perpetually and perpetually. Some people are living their life like it's going to go away. Let me tell you something. You ought to live your life not just because it is going to go away, but you ought to live your life every day knowing that every day is a gift from Almighty God for you to enjoy your wife, enjoy your family, enjoy the kingdom, and to make it in your heart, watch this, not to play to lose, but to play to win. In case nobody's told you this, you're a son and a daughter of God. He wants you to win. He said, I have blessed you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. That means as long as you're alive, as long as there's breath in you, go take dominion. As long as there's life in you and as long as there's breath in you, I have a command on your life for you to rule and reign in the earth. That's God's will for you. You will lose in life if you play not to lose. That might be good for some people to write down. I'm not going to play not to lose. I'm going to play to win. I'm going to play to win. Well, look, here, I, 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 I buried it in the ground because I didn't want to lose it. But his Lord answered him, listen to this. This is, this is pretty, remember Jesus said this is how the kingdom of God is. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not reaped. I don't need your money. That I gather where I've not scattered seed. I don't need your seed. I don't need you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion for me. I need you to do that for you. God doesn't need you to give him the first dollar of every 10 for him because he needs your money or the church needs your money. He needs you to do it because he wants an open heaven over your life. He wants to pour out blessings on your life that you cannot contain. That's his word. He wants to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. It's not for him and it's not because he needs it. He set up a system of honor that you would honor him. So you knew this, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. Wait, what did he just say? We were talking about talents, and all of a sudden he shifted. Jesus said, money. And at my coming, I would have received back, with, with, at least with some interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to he who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from the one, listen now, who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why weeping and gnashing of teeth? Because he was not faithful at being fruitful and multiplying in what God had given him. You have a destiny on your life from God to multiply in good things. You know what a lot of people do? They multiply in bad things. Everything that you have in your life like Sheila and I could have sit around all day long and said, you want to have kids? I don't know. You want to have kids? I don't know. When we were dating, I told her I didn't want kids. Son, are you glad I can change? Anyway, <laughs> I said I didn't want kids. I go, I, you know, I just want to, I want to do work for God. I want a little, blah, blah, blah. 
whatever. God began to change my heart. And by the time we'd been together about six years and we we're having a devotion, when some of you know the story, in my 1978 Thunderbird, forest green, half white Landau top with a eight track Boston eight track for our devotional music. <laughs> Listening to it. Boston, you got to love it. If you don't know Boston, Google it, young people. Okay, so <laughs> they had two hits. But, um, but anyway, I remember telling her in 1980, I feel like we're going to have at least three children. And then I prophesied about Keela. I said, we're going to have a girl in the middle. And I said, what do you think about her name? being half my name and half your name and us calling her Keela. And she goes, I like that. And we named her nine years before she was born while we were dating, sitting in a 78 Thunderbird. And I went from not wanting to have kids to wanting to have kids to build a tribe in the earth that would advance God's cause in the earth. That's what shifted. That's what shifted. Why? Because I'm a steward. I'm a steward of every relationship. I'm a steward of every bit of money that comes through my hands. I'm a steward of every possession that I have, and so are you. You are a steward of it. It's not yours. And you can say it's mine, but I'm just telling you, Jesus said, this is how the kingdom works. Some get five, some get two, some get one. And you might think it's noble just to, you know, play it safe, but God didn't build you to play it safe. God built you to be fruitful and multiply and to trust him. So two things, and then I'm through. God wants to give us his power of grace. We're talking about superpower, the supernatural power of God. You see, he gave one five. Five in scripture is the number of grace. Jesus was wounded in five places. He was wounded in his, in his head. He was wounded in his hands. He was wounded in his side. He was wounded in his feet, and he was wounded in his back. Five always speaks of the number of grace. So these talents, which is money, by the way, God is not about money, God is about kingdom. And he's using money as a kingdom principle because everybody understands money. Now they don't necessarily understand how to use money, but they understand money's important. So he's using something that's very important to everybody to emphasize not money, but grace. Grace. So he gives to one grace. And he takes that grace and he multiplies it. Now, I don't have time to go into this, but I'll simply say this. The Bible says that out of his fullness, John, the first chapter, the 16th verse, we have all received grace for grace. Wow, grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace, what is grace? The power of God to do things God's way. And there are different levels of grace. Let's talk about that just for a second. So what does grace for grace mean? It means the richest abundance of grace that is perpetual and yet conditional based on two things. So I get the grace of God two ways. Number one, by receiving Jesus into my life. It's free. God paid the price so I could receive the free gift of grace, forgiveness of my sins. He took my sins, he nailed the sins on the cross. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And the third day, he rose from the grave. And he destroyed the works of the destroyer against us. That's a level of grace. Honestly, church, listen to me. Family, listen to me. That's the grace most people live in and they're okay with it. Like I'm forgiven. Yes, I'm, I'm like forgiven. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. God's grace is he gives us more than we do deserve. His mercy is he doesn't give us what we do deserve. So he came in grace and truth. He came in the power of God. Watch this. So we could know the truth. Why? Because the Bible said, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Set you free from what? Your thinking, your paradigm your philosophies, your way of life. It'll set you free to be everything that God's put you on the earth to be. How do you know you're, like, like, how do I know Sheila loves me? How do I know she loves me? What if in our relationship, she was just always saying, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if you love me or not. And, and I'm like, okay, is it diamonds? Because you got that. Uh, is it a nice car? You got that. Is it a nice house? You got that. 
uh, is it uh, like, how, 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 do you, how do you know that I love? In other words, whatever list that she would make, if I wanted to love her, I would strive to love her the way she needs to be loved. But what if I could never make her feel like I loved her? That's how God feels about some of us. Listen, I've been trying to love you. You're my daughter. You're my son. But you, it's like you just, you're not, you're not letting me show you that I am God. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? It sounds crazy. I mean, Sheila and I have a, a reasonably good relationship. I mean, wouldn't you say? It's reasonably good. Not comparing to anybody else. When's the last fight we had? A couple of days ago. When was the last one? Oh, over Instagram. Yeah, okay. Sorry. It was just last night. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, here's, here's, listen. How can I convince her that I love her? How do you convince someone, watch this now, that doesn't feel love that you love them? Could it be not that you're not making them, listen very carefully now, not that you're not making them feel loved, but could it be the way they see you is keeping them from being loved by you? Could it be that the way that we see God keeps us from not only his grace, but the more grace? So let me explain something. Why does the Bible say out of his fullness? Out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace or grace upon grace. So we get the grace of God when I say, Jesus, I believe that you're real. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I receive forgiveness of my sins. I choose to give my life to you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for giving me what I don't deserve. Thank you for your forgiveness and your love and, and for your power that I can live this life and live under the blessing that you have for me. That's, a, that's, that's, one, that's one fingernail width of God's grace. And that's where most people live. But watch this, there's multiple layers and levels of grace that most people never experience because it says grace upon grace. You utilize the grace that you've been given, watch this, to get more grace. <sighs> Again, I hate to use weightlifting all the time, but Tad, that's what we do. So it's like when you work out, like you push and you push and you push, and I don't even know, Tad could explain it, but you get to the point where, that like your muscles are exhausted, there's lactic acid build, I don't know what all, what all it is, how it all works. But the bottom line is, is that you don't think there's anything more, you're tearing your muscles down. It doesn't make one bit of sense. Like why would I work out, why would I consciously tear my muscle down? If I tear my muscle down, I'm gonna hurt. That's why I don't work out. That's why some of y'all don't work out. I don't wanna hurt, I'm not stupid. Why would I go in there and put myself through that kind of hell? I got plenty of hell in my life. Why do I wanna go in there and kick my, why do why, Watch this now. It's only in the breaking that growth can happen. Grace is the same way. It's only when you get to the end and you use the grace that you have that you get more grace. Revelation, money, and grace are very akin. You don't get any more money if you don't use your money well. You don't get any more revelation if you don't live in the revelation that you have. But watch this. You don't get any more grace you get grace, you're gonna make heaven. But there's a difference between making heaven and having an open heaven over your life right now. How many of you wanna have an open heaven over your life? And just because you love God and know God doesn't mean you have an open heaven over your life. So this is very important. So listen, so believers in Jesus Christ, we have this assurance that he is with us. We have the knowledge that all good comes from him. The Bible says his, his hand satisfies his children with good things, put an amen on that. But John 1.16 drives home this unusual phrase, and of his fullness we have received grace for grace. We read the ver this verse in the Bible, and it sounds as though some words are missing, but the actual Greek means anti-grace. Wait, what are you talking about? Listen, the New King James Version translates it, and most linguists prefer this is the exact interpretation. Grace for grace means out of the fullness of God, his immeasurable grace, he gives grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace like the waves of the sea. They, it just keeps coming. How many of you want that kind of grace in your life? You see, when he gave the man five talents, watch this. If you bury the grace that you have, 
because you're afraid you're gonna lose your salvation. You're afraid you're gonna lose in life and you don't utilize the grace that you have. Grace to do what? If God has given you the power to do things his way, then guess what? When you serve, you're doing life his way. When you put him first with your finances, you're doing life his way. When you give offerings over and above, you're doing life his way. And guess what he does? You thought you were exhausting your muscles. You don't even like to feel that way. But all of a sudden, there's something happened in weightlifting, also in running and all physical activity. When you do it long enough and when you train long enough, there's this thing called the second wind, Gina. You know what it's like. You're rowing. You're at the end of yourself. All of a sudden, something kicks in. That's like grace. When I am at the end of myself, but I've used it up, God says, now, here comes heaven in your life. Here comes heaven. Here comes grace. More grace and more grace and more grace and more grace. That's what I speak over your life today. It's not about money. He gave him five. It's a picture of grace. What are you doing with your grace? You know what the, the Greek word for grace is? Charis. C-H-A-R-I-S in the English spelling of the Greek. It's where we get the word charisma or where we get the word gifts. Every gift that you have has been given you. It's a picture of God's grace that God's given you. That's why I coach CEOs and small business owners. You know why? It's not that I think better than them or that I'm smarter than them, but I have a gift on my life to help them think better. And if we can get in the room, I promise you, I can help you think better about your gift. Not because I'm better than you. It's a grace that I have on my life. So we're helping people do that. Why are we doing that? Because I can ask this question. In fact, I will ask this question. I only ask this question one other time. But how many of you have some kind of gift that you know that you have that you can do that you're not being monetized for? Let me just see your hands. Everybody ought to have their hand up on it. Because guess what? You got gifts right now that you just hadn't found a way to get paid for it. That's what I help people do. I help them get paid for what they're good at and to take what they're good at to another level to find their best and highest use. And then let's get the revelation from God on how to move that forward prophetically. What is it that God's saying? Now, I say that to say this. That's my gift. But guess what? I've monetized it. I'm not just going to go sit with you and tell you how to do it. Why? Because I'm going to add value to your life. Watch this based on the grace and the gift that I have. And it's going to be valuable to you enough that you sow into it. That's how it works. That's how it works. You are amazing. Listen to me. Maybe your daddy didn't tell you that. Maybe your boss hadn't told you that. But you are amazing. You are gifted. You are graced by God. If you are a believer, there is so much more. And if you're not a believer, there is so much more. It starts with opening your heart to God and say, okay, God, I'm okay, okay, I believe. He came in grace and truth. I want to do my life your way. Yes, I want the truth. I'll know the truth. The truth will set me free to reach my full God-given potential. But watch this now. When he gave him five, it wasn't about the money. But the money is what you'll receive when there's a value for the grace that's on your life. Here's what poor people say. All money doesn't matter to me. No rich people ever say that. I don't care about money. No, only poor people say that. The devil is a liar. Yes, he is. <laughs> Tell him to quit lying to you. He is a liar. And I taught you on this, but I'm going to touch on it, and I'm almost through. Listen to me. Jesus, and I've already said it once, but let me say it again. Jesus only addressed one spirit in the Bible. It was the spirit of mammon. The reason he addressed that spirit, because it was the spirit of money in the earth. And Jesus addressed it. He said, you cannot serve both God and mammon. So what are the two characteristics of a spirit of mammon? Listen very carefully. First of all, a poverty spirit. What's a poverty spirit? A poverty spirit is a lacking spirit. A poverty spirit is a spirit that actually thinks that if I have less, I'm better than you. I'm more holy than you. So the whole Catholic church, with all due respect, is built on a Franciscan, Francis of Assisi, adopted this philosophy 
of taking a vow of poverty. It's nowhere in the Bible. By the way, this church doesn't believe in a vow of poverty, and this pastor doesn't, and this business leader doesn't. Aren't you glad? But I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that do, and they actually think they're better people because they give everything away. Giving at, God didn't give you everything to give everything away. He gave you everything, according to 1 Timothy 6, for you to richly enjoy. He gave it to you. You're not more holy because you give it all away. You've just got a wrong mentality. But then there's another side of the spirit of mammon that's as equally insidious, and that's materialism. And you know what people think? He who dies with the most toys win, wins. Materialism says, I'm better than you because I've got more than you. Both are wrong. I've got less than you and I'm better than you. I'm more holy. I've got more than you and I'm better than you. It's both the spirit of mammon. What is God trying to say? He uses money as an example to illustrate grace. Wow. In other words, go multiply your grace and you'll multiply your money. Scarlet. Multiply your grace, the gifts that are on you, and you'll multiply your money. So see this little lady? She was with Mary Kay for how many years? 28 years. You retired from Mary Kay, and now she's got a coaching business helping people. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. In the next five years, there's going to come more money, now I'm prophesying to you, into your hand, watch this, than came to you in Mary Kay. You're going to see that happen. You know why? Because you're multiplying your gifts. Now it's not about you selling Mary Kay. Now it's about you raising up people and coaching people, and you're multiplying yourself, and you're going to have finances like you've never had. I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. I'm not just saying that lightly. I'm telling you, that's grace for grace. If we're so focused on our family, if we're so focused on surviving, if we're so focused on making it, watch this, and not focused on what our assignment is, what's my assignment? To be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have in dominion. Not on survival. Not on playing God by not putting God first. Not on having to survive yourself. But guess what? Coming to a place in your life where you say, God, I'm at the end of myself. And because I'm at the end of myself, I fall before your mercy. I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. And whatever breath I have, God, I'm going to steward that breath to put you first in my life. I'm going to honor you with my hands. I'm going to honor you in my marriage. I'm going to honor you in my family. I'm going to honor you with my money. I'm going to honor you in my life. And God says, here comes the grace. Steve, here comes the grace. Wait, watch it. The biggest contracts you've ever had. Watch it. Oh, it's not about money. But if you multiply in grace, you're going to make more money. Does anybody here want to make more money? Let me see, see your hands. Now, some of you, I'm looking to see who doesn't have their hand up. Because if you don't have your hand up on this one, this might not be a church for you. I'm being honest with you. You know why? Because there's places where you can just go sit, feed me, feed me, or there's places where you can go get blessed because God has put a mandate on your life to be a blessing in other people's lives. Okay. This is it. I'm so hot. Why'd you ask me to wear this coat? Burning up. What in the world? Is this March? Feels like summer up here. <sighs> okay, I'm through. But listen, he gave one five, everybody say grace. But it was called money. Because when you use your grace, you get valued. If you don't use your grace, God says, guess what? You buried your gifts. You didn't multiply your gifts. Scarlet, that's what you're doing. You're multiplying your gifts. It takes time, but it's going to happen. So the one he gave to, I end with this. You know, how many of y'all been, how many of y'all either are married, been married, or want to be married? Okay. <laughs> Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. Now listen, I want you just to turn, turn sideways. Turn sideways. I want you to grab my arm. Just grab me. Just grab me. Just grab me. All right. Now listen. 
You okay? Okay, so listen. When we stood at the altar, okay, watch this. Everybody wants to get married. It's like, oh, I love you. I want to like spend the rest of my life with you. And like, we have no idea like what hell is in front of us. Is that true? Yes. So make all these promises for the rest of our life. Jesus said death do his part. Then we have kids. That's a whole nother deal. Then I get fired from my first seven jobs. That's a whole nother deal. You know, you know what we were doing at that altar? I want you to listen to me. We were coming into agreement. No matter what, we're together. I know you're going to be perfect. I promise I'm not going to be. That was my promise. Like, we didn't read vows like you did, Keila, at your marriage. But if I'd read vows, I'd have gone, you're awesome. I'm not. This is my vows to you. You're going to keep every promise. I, I'm, I'm probably not. I'm going to try. Uh, you're you're going you're gonna to be like Jesus. I promise I'm not. Uh, that would have been the vows that I read. But anyway, something, something like that, something, something very sweet. Uh, but anyway, but listen, here's the thing. I want you to get this. When you got married and when you get in business and when you get with people, whoever you choose to do life with, that's your agreements. When Jesus gave two, here's what he was saying. The kingdom of God works like this. It works by grace and it works by agreement. And the devil himself wants to do everything he can to keep God's grace from being multiplied and to keep the agreements that you make from happening. I did not agree to be perfect. I agreed to fight the good fight. She's had to forgive way more things for me than I have had her. Everybody knows her, knows that's true. And if you know us well enough, you even feel sorry for her. But here's the thing. I've had a wonderful life. Thank you very much. See, and that's why she's sweet and why she brings peace, because I don't feel like that all the time. But listen to me. Marriage is not about marriage, and neither is this parable that Jesus told about money. It's about grace. And it's about agreement. And if it becomes about me, it's not that Jesus cast me into outer darkness. It's just if we get out of agreement, watch this, for whatever reason, if we get out of agreement, we just cease to be a power couple. I want every couple to listen to me now. In fact, I want every person that's married to stand up right this second. Every person that's married to stand up right this second. I'm about to impart something into you. So this is a holy moment. Please, nobody move around. Just stand up. This relationship is to teach you about agreement. Because here's how serious Jesus takes agreement. If any two of you on earth touch anything, agree on anything, my Father in heaven will do it. Here's what that means. If just two of you, that's why, that's, this is the deal about marriage. This is the game changer about marriage. If any two of you agree as touching anything. So this agreement right here has to be, no matter what we face, we're together. No matter what we face, God, you're God. No matter what we face, we rely on you. No matter what we face, we're in agreement. So when you're in agreement, God gets involved. When you're not in agreement, God can't be God. Listen, he can't be God. And he wants to be God because you're his son and you're his daughter. Whether you acknowledge that or not, you're his son and you're his daughter. So he says, I want you to get into agreement with this person because if you'll learn to do that and know how tough it is. Now, how many of you are standing up in your marriage? Marriage is harder than you thought it would be. Come on, you, everybody ought to raise your hand on this one, at least the men. I'm just telling you, it's hard. You know why? 
because it's two funerals and it's one resurrection. And it's not based on your behavior or my behavior. Watch this. It's based on what we agree on no matter what. No matter what. And that's the way God gets involved. And we're supposed to learn that. Who am I supposed to be in agreement with, Steve? Who am I supposed to be in agreement with, Craig? Who are we supposed to be in agreement with? Let me tell you something. It's not just her and it's not just Christ. We got to find the right people on earth to be in agreement with. Because God says, if any two of you agree is touching anything, my Father in heaven will do it. So watch this. The devil will work his damnedest. That's what he's good at. He's a damn devil. In fact, he's a God-damned devil. Sorry, son. I'm not saying that to cuss, but that's what he is. And if you are a cusser, cuss right. Because I just showed you how to do it. But listen to me. This isn't perfect, but there's nothing that's going to separate our agreement. And God wants to get you to a point in your life, and this is what he was trying to teach through this parable, that you multiply. Hey, Sheila, you want to have a baby? I can't do it by myself. I don't know if I want to have a baby or not. Well, let's come into agreement. Let's have a baby. Have some fun doing it. What do you think? Sounds great. Yeah. So we did that. Little Joshy came out. Then we did it again. Little Keila came out. Then we did it again. Little Whitney came out. And then little Precious said, that's it. You're going to the doctor. We're not in agreement anymore. So here's the thing. Here's what I want you to see. Business is like that. Life is like that. If we agree as supernatural as our ability to have a child, a miracle together, if you get into the right agreements, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think according, watch this, to the power that works within us. So here's what we agree on. God is God. Here's what we agree on. He's the master. Here's what we agree on. Our money is his. Here's what we agree on. We're going to first fruit and we're also going to give over and above. Here's what we agree on. We're going to spend the rest of our lives advancing God's kingdom. Here's what we're going to agree on. No matter what we go through, we go through it together. And when we go through hell, we don't stop. Here's what we're going to agree on. We're going to agree on fighting that we're going to make it a good fight. You know why? Because I want the best for her. She wants the best for me. It's not my way. It's not her way. And so great lovers do three things. Y'all tell me what it is. They forgive, they apologize, and they seek to love this other person the way they need to be loved. That's what makes a great lover. So I'm coming into agreement right now for every marriage. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that this is holy. This is a holy moment. I speak over every marriage. I, I pray that you'd put your hand, God, that your spirit, your power would infuse them right now and that together they are an unstoppable force. God, I thank you that their, their dreams, their goals, the things that they desire for their family, their future, it's going to happen because they're in agreement. God, I prophesy it. I thank you that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, that there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is nothing that can, that can overtake our agreement because here's what we agree on. And because we agree on it and God, you are God, then you say, if you touch anything, doesn't matter what anything is. If you'll agree on anything, doesn't matter what anything is. My father will bring his super into your natural. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.